This is episode 490 of the AWS podcast, released on December 6, 2021. G'day everyone, Simon here with a quick pre-podcast message. Episode number 500 of the AWS podcast is coming up. We have a very special episode planned for you with lots of special guests, but we'd love to hear from you. If you would like to contribute some audio to share, maybe your perspective on the podcast, um, how you've used it, etc., we'd love to hear from you. If you visit adibus.amazon.com slash podcast slash podcast, you can see there's a button on that page and it says submit questions and feedback. This lets you upload your own audio to us. So we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note and we'd love to include you in the episode. Keep on building. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AWS podcast. So I'm Leash here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by a special guest on a very interesting topic. I'm joined by Kun Liu, who is a director of machine learning at Amazon. G'day, Kun. How are you doing? Hi, Simon. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on today. We're going to talk about something really interesting because I love talking scale. I love talking velocity of data and I love talking complexity. And we're also going to talk machine learning. So let's get started. Um, so Quinn, you work at Amazon Ads. Uh, before we get into the technical guts of what we're going to talk about, give us, for those who may not be familiar with what, what Amazon Ads is, is what is it and what does it do? Sure, sure. So Amazon Ads is probably new to many, many folks, but it does offer a wide range of options to help brands and the business of all sizes, like sellers or vendors, uh, the authors, app developers, even agencies achieve their advertising goals while delivering a relevant and engaging ad experience to our shopping customers. So we have products that help drive the discovery of brand and showcase individual products on the search result, engage shopper on and off Amazon. Uh, we also offer innovative features to put brand in the spotlight with streaming videos of TV ads, online video ads, and even on the music. Last uh, but not to the least, we also provide the programmatically buying options for display, video, and audio ads I just mentioned on and off Amazon with our demand side platform. But most importantly, we want to become the Earth's most customer-centric advertising product. Uh, in order to achieve that goal, uh, we employ machine learning throughout the entire life cycle of ads to understand queries and the products, customer intent, to predict suitable ads, and most importantly, to help advertiser to match shoppers' intent. So that's what Amazon Ads is doing today. Cool. Now, one of the things that is happening this year for reInvent 2021 is the team is presenting a session on uh, how this is built and some of the, the under-the-covers components. Now, before we get into that, because that's all we're going to talk about today, um, you know, it, it's important to talk about the problem domain that we're trying to solve for just to understand what sort of thinking we need to do. So can you talk us through a few of the big sort of technical challenges that, that you and the team face in delivering this service? Yeah, sure. Uh, Amazon Ads runs some of the most complex ads workflows at a very massive scale, which serving hundreds of millions of ads per second with a very tight latency budget to deliver this relevant and engaging ad experience to our customers. Just to give you one example, our ad server is processing each ad request end-to-end within only 120 milliseconds at P99. Our <laughs> ad selection uses advanced machine learning and deep learning model to score thousands of ads per request within just 20 milliseconds at P99, 
And often these models can have hundreds of millions of parameters or even billions of learnable parameters. And if you think about this request and the number of ads we have to score, it's translating to hundreds of millions of deep learning model inferences per second. So as a result, the biggest challenge we're dealing with is how we can build a high throughput and low latency ad serving infrastructure and machine learning inference infrastructure to empower this product and the science innovation so we can deliver more values to our customers, including both advertisers and shoppers. And it's interesting, and there's a few things I'll decode for our listeners here as well. So we, we talk a lot in Amazon about, about P99 and other p-values. This is really the, the percentile of the data that we're looking at. Uh, in many organizations, they look at the average, and, and I like to say that averages are average. They, they can shield you from a lot of detail and important stuff. Whereas teams at Amazon love to look at things like P99. So what's the 99th percentile experience for customers? Because if you, if you experience that, that's like close to the most outlier experience or the worst. Um, and if you can make that amazing, then everything else is even more than amazing. So to be delivering things, uh, within 20 milliseconds at P99 is, is pretty amazing. The, the other thing here is this is the, the scale is enormous and, um, I'm pretty sure your team doesn't have an open checkbook for as much hardware as you want. So you're not just thinking about how to process the volumes. It's also the, the cost model as well, isn't it? Yes, yes. So we have to think about how we can deliver this through complex machine learning models and serve infrastructure while keeping our hardware cost low, if that's what you're asking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I think that's the thing is that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of easier to solve something if you have an open checkbook, but then you, you know, probably not doing it in a cost effective or ecologically sound way. Um, so, so you had to tackle this in a, a number of ways. Can you, can you talk us through some of the architecture elements, some of the decisions you made, et cetera, to, to solve for this? Because I think it really can be useful for a lot of other folks. So, yeah. So um, let me just talk about uh, using machine learning infrastructure as one example. Right. Mm. So what are the technical considerations? Our ML system has to handle hundreds of thousands of ad requests per second. And for each request, we score thousands of ads with complex deep learning models that has hundreds of millions of learnable parameters. And always in 20 milliseconds at P99, we just talk about. But in order to support all these use cases, we have to think about how to make our infrastructure at a very low latency and high throughput so we can continue to empower science innovation we are keeping our hardware cost under control, right? In order to do that, we are thinking about actually we're building a microservice inference architecture on top of AWS ECS and AppNash. So design is allowing us partition our models to shards and create a microservice for each shard. So each service can use a different type of hardware and software for specific optimization that just customized for that specific use cases. By doing so, we are able to keep the hardware cost under control, we are being able to empower the science and product innovation continuously. So, so it's interesting you talk about sort of br- breaking up the work and really focusing the, the right hardware for the problem domain that you're trying to solve for. C- can you give us a couple of, for instances, or examples of, of the choices you made that suited specific types of models? Sure, yeah. So, for example, for one type of application that requires real-time inferencing, to make a prediction about shoppers engagement with ads, such as how likely shoppers are going to click on ads, how likely shoppers are going to purchase the product of the ads. In order to do that, we build a GPU-based inferencing service on ECS with the integration of NVIDIA treatment model server and Amazon EC2 G4DN instances. So this is one example. 
And for another type of application that focuses on head and torso traffic that does not require real-time inferencing, we build a synchronous solution supported by SageMaker multi-model server on C5 instances, so we can pre-compute scores for online cache lookup. So we do this kind of real-time asynchronous hybrid solution so we can pay attention to different use cases with different hardware and software solutions. So you talked a bit about um, the, you know, some of the real-time versus async trade-offs, and we can talk more about that. But there's also a, a lot of consideration around sort of compute-heavy versus throughput-heavy, because sometimes something needs a lot of processing. Sometimes you just need to pump it through really quick. How do you think about those trade-offs? Yeah, so uh, it depends on applications. For one example, we were developing a model that we can take into shoppers' past activities into consideration to really deliver a tailored experience. And in order to do that, we build a tension mechanism to quantify what are the shoppers' past the shopping activities are important for us to score the current ads candidate. And this is a super compute-intensive computation that requires us to use G4DN compute machine on, uh, with NVIDIA treatment server. As another example, we want to better understand the semantic meanings of the product titles and shoppers' queries and do a better matchmaker job. And in order to do that, we need to develop a model once the bird type of style model to get a better embedding representation and understanding of these titles and products and the queries. And for that, a bird model is more like a throughput heavy. And we may require different GPU machines such as P3 for us to do the computation and IO communication. So indeed, it depends on different application use cases. And as a result, on AWS, we have this kind of luxury that we can choose the right hardware for us to solve the right application use cases with the right models. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting. And let's let's talk a bit more about models because I think one of the interesting things for a lot of folks when it comes to machine learning is they're, they're kind of not sure where to apply it. And, and you know, I'm no machine learning expert, but I know that, uh, you know, any domain that has lots and lots of data where you're looking for patterns and other behavioral type things is probably a good candidate. But, but un- unpack for us a little bit about how a machine learning expert like yourself looks at this problem domain and chooses or considers different machine learning models for solving some of these problems? Yeah, so this is a good question. And often the time we were asking even ourselves, what kind of machine learning models are suitable for the problem we're solving? I think it's an evolution. A few years ago, we started with a very simple model in the industry, such as logistic regression model and tree models. We were able to actually capture lots of interactions and relations between shoppers' queries and uh, Enterhazard products and their even historical engagement, and which gave us a pretty strong signal for us to predict in the future how given a query and a product shopper will engage. But as we further develop our understanding about these products and, uh, and shoppers and queries, we found more and more sophisticated models, such as deep learning models, are able to give us very different understanding about shoppers' intent from their queries and products' nature. So we have to develop a model once the architecture from few thousand of learnable parameters to hundreds of millions of parameters, or even today, to billion of parameters. Every iteration of such machine learning model gives us some very different understanding about the nature of the product and customer, and as a result, allow us to drive better engagement of the shop shoppers in terms of their clicks and purchases. So having said so, I think this is a this is an evolution. And uh, mm-hmm. our understanding about the model, our understanding about the data will change over time. And as a result, the architecture of the model we develop will also evolve. And uh, as a result, 
Two years ago, we were building models with only 3,000 of learnable parameters. And today, we're dealing with billion parameter model, and we see even <laughs> bigger impact. So you said a billion parameters there. Yes, exactly. Now That's today, we're, crazy. Able, we're able to build word type style model that take the products, descriptions, reviews, titles, all into a sophisticated model to understand what exactly they mean to match to shopper's query. That's building parameter solution. Wow. That's amazing. And, and and when you talk about, you know, making some of those trade-offs between different models and evolving and testing new ones, do, do you find yourself running sort of different models side by side to do some sort of comparison to see which one's more effective? Is that is that a an element of the architecture that, that you lead into? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we constantly running A-B tests that we place models side by side and run through them to different traffic in order to understand what's the differences, what are the gains we can get from different models. Uh, and from there, we make a decision of what would be the new solution for us to launch. And then we start from there as a new reference and the baseline for the further iterations. So really what you've created here is a, is a model or an architecture where you can experiment quickly, you can make changes to the overall sort of pipeline quickly, uh, but you can process it at really big scale. This is this is really getting rid of the our old friend, the undifferentiated heavy lifting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So that's why we're talking a lot about AWS architecture. How can we build scalable infrastructure to enable us to build and test all these complex models? Otherwise, we'll probably we're going to be spending months or months of time just to, to enable these models to be died up and test the environment of food production. But now with more scalable infrastructure, both from ad serving and the machine learning inferencing perspective, we are able to iterate much faster than ever before to test more complex models and understand which one is more important and can deliver value to the customers. It's, it's really that, that case of using the right tool for the job. So, you know, your, your team, you know, uses things like SageMaker, um, use, you know, EC2, use ECS. Um, so you're not locked into one approach. You, you just use the, the, the thing that makes the most sense as you're evolving through. Exactly, because different models may have different architecture, different parameters that require different optimization of hardware and software, right? For a model which is very compact, we need GPUs. For a model which is a reasonable, we just we can live with CPUs. So that's why mm-hmm. we use this SageMaker to and AWS to build these microservices. And each service can have its own hardware and software for us to operate. Fantastic. Well, you've certainly proven that it works at scale and at velocity. I think for, for folks who want to hear more, they should uh, definitely um, either attend or, or download after the event, the reInvent talk. So uh, look forward to that. Um, Quinn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing with us uh, a, a bit of an insight into what you, you and the team do at scale. Thank you, Simon. Happy to share all this information and the data with our audience. Fantastic. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building. Episode number 500 of the AWS podcast is coming up. We have a very special episode planned for you with lots of special guests, but we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to contribute some audio to share, maybe your perspective on the podcast, um, how you've used it, etc., we'd love to hear from you. If you visit amazon.com slash podcast slash AWS dash podcast, you can see there's a button on that page and it says submit questions and feedback. This lets you upload your own audio to us. So we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note and we'd love to include you in the episode.